If you are watching on Twitch, get ready, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be more than just Christian Foyer staring at himself with us on the Harbor One Hotline. For his weekly chat is uh, one of the writers at WEEI.com, Andy Hart. He is the football department on uh, WEEI.com, along with uh, Fitzy, just like Scott McLaughlin, is the hockey department. And uh, Bridget is a part of the hockey department as well. And mm. Brad Foe runs uh, everything baseball. So, Hart, Jalen Carter, the presumptuous uh, number one pick or the presumptive number one pick, potentially in this NFL draft, has a couple of uh, misdemeanors, reckless driving, racing, uh, instant analysis. Does this hurt this guy in terms of his draft stock? Well, I think it hurts him. Whether it hurts him in terms of his draft stock is a secondary question. I know you say misdemeanor, but... Someone died, right? Two right. people died. So while the charges for him are misdemeanor, I think the full picture is in he he was involved in an incident that led to two people dying. And we've been down this road in the past in the NFL. Rugs, right, with the Raiders. Uh, Dante Stallworth. This is not Little. Leonard Little. There's been a lot of issues with NFL players in the league involved with incidents, accidents, whatever you want to call them, that led to the death of someone else. I just don't know how, in a world where everything is micro-analyzed, I don't know how this doesn't hurt his draft stock. I don't know how he doesn't doesn't fall based on the fact that he was involved and also has another speeding issue on his record. Like, when you get into decision-making, and yes, I know these are young men and they're immature, but you're going to make them the face and the foundation of your franchise, hand them a lot of money, so... These little things that might not derail the, the lives of, of people, kids, men in other industries, I, I do. I think he has to fall in the draft. Do you think some teams, just based on this being uh, an issue now, just take him off the board? Like no. owner comes in and says, ah, we don't want to mess with it. It's too, not part of what we want to be. No, uh, unless more comes out, unless like his track record, his his rap sheet, uh, for lack of a better word, grows, and this is sort of part of the overall mosaic. Um, I don't because now you get into talent and value. That's what every coach and GM is going to be thinking, right? Like the further he slides down the board, the better value it is, and the more you can overlook, and the more it makes sense. And and we've been down this road in different ways with. The Randy Mosses and the Vince Wilforks and whoever it was, the Aaron Hernandezes, the Rob Gronkowskis, when you talk about injuries being part of it, or with Hernandez, the background issues, at some point, somebody pounces. Especially, in my opinion, this now, the timing of this is weird, because on one level... It's like, wait a minute, You just this just happened to happen the day he's supposed to go to a podium at the NFL Combine? Right, right. With the whole, like, something smells funny there, but for his purposes, I do think this is better now on March the 1st than oh, yeah. April 24th or something right before the draft, because teams now can do all their due diligence, do all their work, and then make that ledger pros and cons of when they're willing well i wouldn't use a one on him but if he falls to two i'm gonna pounce or maybe it's i wouldn't use number one on him but if he falls to the mid-teens i'm gonna pounce so i actually think for his purposes the timing is not terrible oh yeah when he falls to 14 bill belichick will snag him up in a heartbeat I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, would you? I don't know if you're being no, sarcastic. No, I'm not. The, no, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I know, but, you know, you, you, no, I mean, unless they, to your point, though, Andy, unless there's something way more hideous that comes out on all this, if this guy starts creeping towards eight, somebody is going to jump up and snag him. He's he's a plug-and-play guy. But here's the thing. So right now, 
you know, the story of exactly what happened and who is suffering and who died is, is less of a story as opposed to him just being, you know, charged with a misdemeanor, which I think is more acceptable and easy to digest than it is like a felony or a multi-car pilot with, with where two people died. I think one you can kind of explain. The other one I don't think you're as comfortable with. And, and it'll be interesting to see how he and his representatives handle it. Last I saw, he mm. hadn't come to the empty podium at the Combine. No, he, he was supposed he, to speak. Not speaking. It is apparently going to continue to go through medical testing in Indianapolis is the last report. Yeah, so, and it's the same question we always ask with these. First of all, there's a couple issues here. It's the action of racing, right? And then there's the cover-up. And, you know, the old cliche, the cover-up's worse than the crime. If he had just admitted to it, would he be in a different spot? I don't know um, right now. And there's other layers to this. Cars are going 100 miles an hour. There's alcohol involved. I saw, you know, .19 alcohol for the deceased. So yep. there's a, a, a lot of layers to this. Um, but I do think when it's death, when as soon as you th- – and, and it should be, by the way. I'm not minimizing that two people lost their lives here. When death is involved, the microscope and the spotlight – are intense, especially for a number one pick. If this was just, you know, fifth round pick, it, it's a to- it's a much lesser well, story. This is the number one pick. The other thing is not to push this into the future, but there will be civil lawsuits attached yep. to whatever this guy makes, whatever he earns. Two dead people. You're gonna yep. want answers. You're gonna want retribution. You're gonna want something. No, somebody will try, but it's a tough one considering the driver was, you know, double the legal limit plus in Georgia and all that. And racing. And like, racing. I don't want to yeah. put this all on Jalen Carter. It takes no. two people to race, right? right? Like there were two cars involved. Lots of bad decisions. Now you could say, well, if he doesn't race, then the other car doesn't go as fast. They're keeping up with each other. All of that. Yeah, that's all true. But I don't want to paint this as. He's just the bad guy, and there was a victim. No, there was a lot going on, and a lot of bad decisions were made by a lot of people here. Andy Hart at com here with Gresh and Fourier, as he is each and every Wednesday here at 1220. Uh, a lot of talk about Matt Patricia this week. He, mm. uh, you know, the Denver Broncos kicked the tires on him, and maybe they will still bring him out there to be something, considering he's done it all within the NFL. But... Is this guy closer to being out of the league than still remaining in it, Hart? I think you have to say he is. I mean, he doesn't have a job right now. He doesn't. He went from head coach, not the normal back to coordinator. He's going to go that double step where it's whatever he's going to be. Right. right? And it seems the only team that's interested is a friend of Bill Belichick, Sean Payton. Right. This is don't you. You'll never convince me. No one's told me this. You'll never convince me that this isn't a favor to Bill Belichick, that there aren't behind the scenes conversations that are going on here. That said, I agree with Sean Payton. I think Matt Patricia is a smart football guy. I do think he can bring value to an organization. If you just look at his resume, his accomplishments, his experiences, not just, oh, blackball him because he had a terrible season in what was a terrible situation last year. The thing that jumped out to me from this of late, in a, so the Boston Globe has comments from Bill Belichick praising Matt Patricia in it, which in the story written says, and I think it was Nicole Yang and somebody else co-wrote it, um, that Bill Belichick uh, uh, replied to a request for comment on Patricia, something to that effect. Then Ben Volan, friend of some programs on WEEI at one point Mm. in time, Ben Volan tweeted out, (laughs) Bill Belichick reached out to the Globe to comment on Matt Patricia, which maybe I'm getting too inside journalism here, but I thought 
It's a big difference between the globe bill for a comment. Well, and how you you phrase it matters, too. Exactly. So I fully believe we are in a um, um, fixing, fixer-upper, right? We're we're trying to flip Matt Patricia here. (laughs) He's a worn-down old house, and we're trying to flip him. Right? we got to put a little. Yeah, we got to put a little, uh, some new paint, maybe a new doorway. The curb appeal needs to be buffed up, and I think Bill Belichick is taking a very active role in that. (laughs) Well, because he kind of feel like, does he feel responsible? He should. He yeah. rented the damn house out to college kids, and they ruined it. Now that's, that's right. why it needs to be flipped. They wrecked the Airbnb. So yeah, that's why they, they were parking f- in the front yard. They were taking you-know-whats and you-know-what places all over the house. Yeah, oh, this no, was, I don't know. I need more. <laughs> Sorry. You know what happens in college houses, college parties. What about college? I rented my house out to a couple guys when I left Seattle. They destroyed it. Did they? Did yes. they put the old upper decker, the welker upper decker? Destroyed it, destroyed it, destroyed it. No, no. Another story for another time. Um, so when you look, obviously the draft, or sorry, the combine. Combine, I, I love the combine. I don't know how you feel about it. You know, we were going over just different body types, specifically the wide receiver position. Yeah. Do you think the Patriots focus on, like, a, a specific body type for a specific position? Or... Do they just go, this is guy's special, best available guy at the wide receiver position? you think they cherry pick based on Z or X or Y or whatever? I think they need to cherry pick. I think they do at times fixate on body types, and we've seen even those reports that Daniel Jeremiah unearthed from back in Cleveland where Bill described what each position has to be in certain places. But I also think they are they need the best. They need to cherry pick. They need that cherry. And this is a draft where for example if you look at um you know the kid from TCU I'm blanking on right now atop the draft the wide receiver the Zay Flowers the the Jordan Addison Johnson these, I think it is the big the, yeah, the Quentin tall kid Johnson, Quentin, yeah, yeah yeah tall kid wide receiver. They they're all different, different builds, different styles and I, but I think you have to be buying out of that pool of whatever the elite prospects are in this draft because they need elite and so for example i would say you know just everybody's getting all giddy because slade bolden oh he's going to work out he's the next you know great white hope in the slot position for the wide receivers um jacoby myers is nothing like most of the other slot receivers but he's been really good right like you didn't have to fit the mold to Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is an NFL player who makes a lot of plays, is a good player. You need to find the best wide receiver option. And I'll be honest with you, I've come to a couple uh, epiphanies, I guess they are. Oh, please. Okay, everybody hold on. Oh, epiphanize. So, one, uh, Zay Flowers is really freaking good, and I'm kind of embarrassed that we're like, how far is the station from Boston College? Oh, like, yeah. No, it's in our backyard. And Maybe. You, didn't, you yeah. didn't realize that there's a top 20 pick, a wide receiver. Yeah. yeah, He is stunningly impressive when you go back and watch him. I keep making the comparison. He feels like, to me, a rich man's Dion Branch. I see aspects of Dion Branch's game, but better. I think he has so much versatility at the receiver position in terms of what he can do out of the slot. I think he can make plays down the field. He's not just a quick guy underneath short plays. I think you can run him down the field and you know make some of those plays. So I've sort of fallen in love with him, which I don't know if 14 is probably too high to take him there. But to get to your question, Christian, if you think he's the best receiver in the draft, go get him. I don't care what mold Yeah, so forget about the like, fact that we want a, a, a guy who can stand alone on his own, uh, you know, open side of the field, so we need size because all our receivers no. get jammed up. We're just getting the best guy, and we'll find a spot for him. 
but look at all these great receivers that are that have come into their you know own right now the top ten whether it's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle their size and their makeup or Devonte Smith and what he's a twig right everybody should be mocking him like they mock Tyquan Thornton for his build and he's too small and thin wrist AJ Brown uh, T Higgins Jamal Chase all of these receivers are different but they find ways every single week to catch six to eight balls for 110 yards and that's what you need to make plays. The other thing, I'm going to spin positive here. I just mentioned him. I like it. T. Higgins. So T. Higgins, his GM, Duke Tobin, yep. says, Friend nope, of the show, by trading. the way. They're not, what's that? Former friend of, friend of the show. Former oh, roommate, roommate of Foyer's. Okay, so do you believe him when he says they're not going to trade him right now? That's not, other I do. teams need I to do find too. that. I do, I do. Okay. 100%. I do, too, because I think he'd be dumb the more I think about it. <laughs> Correct. To trade him now. And he's smart. Under but three million spring, bucks? Yeah, <laughs> stupid. Next spring, he's going to have a decision to make because, in reality, Burrow, Chase, and Higgins in the next year plus are probably going to sign deals. And I don't feel like I'm exaggerating here for seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred million dollars. Something well, in that range. Duke Tobinhart did say that Joe Burrow kind of sees the reality of his situation and is comfortable with it. I yeah. think meaning Those are Tobin's words. Well, though. that's Tobin's words. No, but the whole he may end up going the Tom Brady route. Top level quarterbacks get forty five to fifty. I'm comfortable with thirty million dollars, so I have a team around me. Okay, maybe that. Maybe so. Maybe I'm a little high. But anyway, there's going to be so let's let's bring the number down to five hundred and fifty to six hundred million dollars handed out. Fair. I don't know that they can do that if they're trying to, be, or if it's even smart business. So next spring. When the Patriots have, A, a better handle on their quarterback situation, do they have a franchise quarterback or do they not? Are they back in that that uh, scenario? Do they have a really good second or third-year receiver in Tyquan Thornton? Do they have a really good second-year receiver in the guy they might draft, Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison? Do they still need or even time-wise want an elite receiver next spring? They can trade for T. Higgins when the Bengals may have to trade him. So if he doesn't get traded this spring... It's actually a positive for your New England Patriots because they'll be better prepared to make that trade and be in the situation they might be in next spring. Hey, that's a hell of a try. Like I it? dig you it. Like it? No, it's a, it's a, it, it be, because it kicks it down the road a little bit. Number one, I mean, mm-hmm. forget the fact that I think Bill Belichick would rather, uh, he would rather eat turds covered in burnt mm. hair than pay a wide receiver twenty million a year. Ew. But another story for another time, I guess. But he might have to. Some Christian, what's the phrase? Do business as business is being done. <laughs> yeah. All the good teams have twenty million dollar receivers. They either have already paid them or they're going to pay them. But they're twenty million dollar receivers. If you want to be a good team, you need a quarterback and a receiver. So, so yesterday we who's had, the twenty million dollar receiver on the Bengals? Or excuse me, Jamar on the uh, no, no, on the uh, on the on the Chiefs. On the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. Well, Kelsey is probably worth it. Oh, okay. His contract isn't there, but the economics, if you had to pay him Got it. currently. Because they let a $30 million wide receiver go. They must be idiots. Well, no, because they have the number one quarterback, and you know my theory. You better either have a top five QB or top five roster. They have the number one quarterback. You lived it forever. That makes everything easier and better. Oh, I got it. Okay, so yesterday we had Curran on, and we were talking Football about uh, the old, <laughs> the old, the, all the, all the, the past like three years, called the past three years a free agency, free agency alone, no draft picks, okay. and the amount of money that they spent, and you know, Curran famously known for the whole uncharacteristically aggressive. Mm. Right, that was mm-hmm. the theme of that off season before they signed all these guys. Yeah, 
Um, he said yesterday that the theme after we finally got to it was like, don't go bananas, you have enough in free agency. What would your theme or your saying be this offseason? Be aggressive. Be e aggressive. Really? I think you have Completely opposite, right? Yeah, so you don't I think mean, they have enough. Oh, I don't. For example, I've come to a realization that I, I don't know why I didn't know it prior. The biggest need right now is cornerback. They have no cornerbacks. They literally do not have enough cornerbacks to compete at an NFL level. They have Jack Jones, who's suspended. They have Marcus Jones, by the way, both second-year players, so you really don't know what you have. Marcus Jones, who people like me are advocating for him to move to slot receiver, offensive side of the ball. This guy, too. Time. This guy over here. Like I think it makes a ton of sense, mm-hmm. but you don't have any cornerbacks. You, 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 are you confident Jack Jones is a number one corner? Jalen Mills returns after playing 10 games last year. Jalen Mills is not a cornerback in the NFL. He's a free safety. He'd be better off filling the McCourty void. Jonathan Jones is a free agent. Sean Wade is whatever. Well, he's is. white, whatever. So at this you point. don't, in a league where you need. Don't you need probably five cornerbacks to make it through a year? Yeah, and we've also sat that. here for five the, on one, one, one series. But didn't yeah, we? So they don't have any. But didn't we also sit here last year and be like, "Well, they don't have a number one corner." Didn't didn't yeah, really bother it, it didn't, but it didn't really bother them defensively that much. No, it did it? Look did at the overall numbers. Did you watch that Bengals first half? T. No, Higgins again, absolutely bullied. Right, and, and if Ramondre doesn't them. fumble, maybe they steal that game, and we all forget about that. But my point is, is that. If the situation at corner was so dire, defensively they would not have the stats and the metrics that they had last year. Well, I would argue that you could put me, you, and Christian out there against some of those quarterbacks they played, and they wouldn't complete passes. And, and they're gonna and they're gonna go against that again. So, does corner need to be a top priority then? I, I think it does. I think you have to field um, representative talent. Now, the counter argument to me saying it's the biggest need is it is certainly the area where Bill has hit the most mid-to-later home runs, yep. finding cornerbacks. He finds a way to find cornerbacks from mid-round picks like Asante Samuel or maybe Jack Jones to undrafted guys like Jonathan Jones and Malcolm Butler. He absolutely, I don't know if you want to lean on that. That's similar to saying, well, you know, he finds quarterbacks in the sixth round too. Just Remember that Brady guy? Just keep swinging in the same. Okay, you've done it a couple times. You've Late has turned into good, but... Um, no, I I just think they need to – I actually think they need to draft a top first or second round cornerback, and I think they probably need to sign a top 10 free agent cornerback. I think you need a veteran, and I think you need a draft pick. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of needs on this roster. They need to fill out a lot of depth needs and high-end needs, and it's hard to do. I would also keep an eye on does the kind of corner they draft stylistically change? Because if there's one thing about the Jones boys that you mentioned, Hart – smaller, thinner guys, but good ball skills. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's a little different kind of profile compared to the way Belichick normally looked at corner. I wonder if that continues. Andy Hart at WEEI.com. That's a good chat, brother. That's a ton of fun. Thank you, friend. That was quick. That was.